0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, my Facebook friends. Uh, this is Pastor Terrence Williams with the Cutting Edge. Uh, seems like it's been a while. Of course, it has. We had uh, tent revivals going on. We had Vacation Bible School. We had lots of things going on in the area, and so uh, we paused. Uh, we missed our normal schedule, so we're back tonight. Uh, My guest tonight is going to be once again, uh, Pastor Matt, uh, Matthew Colvin of the uh, Afton Chapel and also the prayer room. I'll bring him on in a little bit. Uh, If you've gotten your notifications, if you follow my Facebook page, you know, tonight we're going to be talking about deliverance ministry, uh, some of the uh, uh, some teaching, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about some things that uh, We should uh, we want to go stick to the word of God. Uh, Some things we want to expose maybe that aren't biblical that you're Mm -hmm. seeing going on. And so uh, we're going to probably break this down over a few weeks, uh, at least uh, at least two shows. So we'll get to that. But let me go ahead and uh, do my proper introduction. Uh, First of all, um, uh, I want to welcome you guys to the Cutting Edge podcast we are streaming live tonight on facebook and you can also find us if you miss tonight you can find us on apple Podcasts, on google Podcasts, and on spotify so please if you're on tonight go ahead and like and share this live stream so that we can get more uh, of the facebook audience accessing this pro- podcast and uh i'm sure any of you who were with us the last time pastor matt was here uh it was a great show it was probably one of our best shows since uh, the transition uh, from Pastor Mark Wingfield and myself to just me as the uh, the lead voice on Cutting Edge. So uh, please tune in tonight and please share it. Uh, this is the Cutting Edge Pro- podcast. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and active and it is sharper than the two edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit, bone and marrow down to the thoughts and intents of the heart. That is the goal of this show. This show is aimed at viewing our culture, viewing events in our culture through the lens of Scripture, through a biblical worldview. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, a scripture that we're going to also deal with tonight. Uh, it says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, so we are committed uh, at the cutting edge to have discussions and to invite guests to discuss cultural topics and events as well as things in the Word of God. Uh, like tonight, we're going to be talking about deliverance ministry from a from a scriptural uh, biblical worldview. So we must, as pastors and leaders, we must make ourselves available for all discussion topics, lest we leave our people uh, pray. To the ideologies and indoctrination of the world, uh, they're either going to be discipled by us, or they're going to be discipled by media or other sources. So, as pastors and leaders, we must uh, we must be committed to uh, to share the truth and to talk about topics that are going on in the world. Uh, for that very reason, we want them to have a biblical worldview. We want them. To to know what the scripture says about different things. So this is the goal and the mission of the cutting edge. And again, uh, welcome, welcome, like and share it. But we're going to go into the to the to the show tonight. Um, Again, my guest tonight is Pastor Matt Colvin of the uh, Afton Chapel and the prayer room, which is a downtown ministry uh, in downtown Waynesboro that does so much. Uh, Bible studies and feeding the hungry feeding the homeless and it's just really beginning and it's going to expand even more uh, to do great things to serve the city of Waynesboro and beyond but in tonight we're going to talk about deliverance ministry and I just want to begin uh, before I bring Pastor Matt on and share a script a couple of scriptures with you uh, first of all in Matthew 12 uh, verse 43 It talks about when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and he finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty and swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be also with this wicked generation. So what jesus is saying there is a person that's unsaved obviously an unclean spirit goes out of that man he says in verse 44 i will return to my house that's a key right there he's saying my house in other words he was in possession of that house when we're talking about the demonic possession that means that that demon was in possession of that house so he says i will return to my house which i Which from which I came. And so then he finds it empty, because if you cast out a demon or a demon leaves a place and that person does not fill himself with uh, with Christ, if he does not accept the Lord Jesus Christ and make him Lord and master and be filled with the Holy Spirit, then that place is empty and swept and put in order. And that demon comes back to the place that has not been possessed by God, has not been uh, filled with the Holy Spirit has not been possessed by the Lord Jesus Christ, and he brings with himself seven more spirits, more wicked than himself. So number one, with deliverance, uh, right there, we we believe that people who have the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and have filled with the Holy Spirit cannot be possessed based on this scripture. Uh, We'll be talking over the next couple of weeks uh, about various ministries out there that Seem to be uh, proclaiming some of the things that are the opposite—that Christians having demons, Christians Christians being possessed, Christians being uh, 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 demonically possessed, and needing deliverance. And so, we're going to talk about these things from the Word of God. Um, I'm going to flip over now to uh, another scripture before I bring Pastor Matt on. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures. Those of y'all who know me. Uh, Uh, Romans 12, and I'll read verse one and two says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And verse two is on the screen for you. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. So the emphasis on verse two, which we which you have on your screen Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The importance is your mind being renewed by the word of God. Uh, uh, Ignorance is really just the lack of information. Uh, So there's no harm in being ignorant. uh, But it is it is a problem if we continue to stay in that ignorance. Once we've come to the knowledge of salvation, we must then become disciples. Uh, We must then begin to renew our mind with the word of God so that we know what the Bible says. So uh, it's so very important. uh, And I see it across the landscape of the church that we emphasize services. We emphasize attendance. uh, We've let our guard down. We've let down in the discipleship area. We've let down in the urging of people to have their minds renewed. And so lots of things like uh, lots of doctrines, lots of teachings comes along. And people without renewed minds can fall prey to deception, can fall prey to lies, uh, as we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks with this deliverance, uh, modern day uh, obsession with deliverance. There's been several movies uh, come out in Jesus name has been one of them. Pastor Greg Locke from Tennessee. Many of you may know uh, uh, Isaiah Saldivar. Uh, some other guys were in part of this. Uh, we know well-known uh, teacher Derek Prince uh, is probably where a lot of the teaching has flowed from. And so uh, I'm not going to hold on with any. without any further ado. I'm going to bring on my brother, uh, Pastor Matt uh, Colvin, and we're going to talk about this subject and see where it goes tonight. How you doing, Pastor Matt?
1: Brother. Bless you. I'm good. I'm blessed. Happy to be on um what a topic right what a topic first off i want to say that this is not this is not an us and us versus them this is not a we're right you're wrong this is simply we want to see what what does the scripture say what does the bible say um there's a a teaching when i went to go study this and i wanted to go study i knew it would take several weeks to do this it's a very big topic um i just felt the lord prick my heart and told me to go over epistemology. Epistemology is a big word. It basically means um, the theory of knowledge. How do we know what we know? Epistemology. And I think that's the basis because if we're gonna believe whatever we believe, we wanna know what basis we have. By what standard do we believe these things? Me and Terence and other people don't get in a room and just come up with doctrines, come up with theology and practices to do. We, there's a standard, there's a text we go to called the written revelation of God's word. God has spoken. And it's been put in a book. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute out of 2 Timothy. But let me just go over some epistemologies um, just real quick as a basis. There's rationalism, empiricism, contextualism, pragmatism. Those are just a few. Um, there's two main ones. But contextualism, you'd know, you'd know from a different word. We've often heard of it called viewpoint. Or standpoint epistemology and this is a big one prevalent in our society right now well from where you're standing parents your truth is this this is how you see it but from where i'm standing in my ethnicity or my background or my economic status i see it this way that's contextualism standpoint epistemology we won't be covering that so much pragmatism most people know what that is if it works it's true it's gotta be true, if it works. That's not the case. Um, the main two I wanna focus on tonight is rationalism and empiricism. Let's start off with rationalism. That's basically, if it's rational, if it makes sense in my brain, it's true. That sounds pretty good, right? The only problem is the Bible, what the Bible is spoken. God's, I believe there's a scripture somewhere that says a man's ways seem right in his own eyes, but the end thereof is death. Let me repeat that. A man's ways, his rationale, what he thinks, logically, seems right, but the end thereof is death. Another one would be a popular scripture that a lot of us memorized, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Um, Lean not in your own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he will direct your path. Lean not in your own understanding. So we see just from those two verses, and Terrence and me both could give tons more, that our understanding our rational minds are not a good basis for truth or for for anything to base anything off of hence the reason that paul said in romans 12:2 that we have to renew the minds through the scriptures through the, being transformed by this renewing of the mind so that does away with the rational mind alone being a standard or basis for truth secondly we have an empiricism That's knowledge through experience. This is the big one. This is the one I wanna tackle the most. Knowledge through experience. Um, We have the Mormons that say, I have a burning in my bosom. That's how they know that what they believe is true. We have Jehovah witnesses that say, I have a testimony that bore witness with me when I heard Joseph um, Joseph Smith's testimony, bore witness in my spirit. That's how i know this is true we have buddhism that says they've reached nirvana they've reached some kind of oneness with the earth that's how they know it's true we have the um, hindus that reach a something called moksha that means they become one um, with all the earth and all the creation has become one they've, they've found a peace a moksha all these different things are experience based and even us i believe in a highly experiential faith i believe in the word and the spirit i believe that we can not only read the word but we can experience the living god i believe christ is living i believe he died but he's not still in the grave three days later he rose and he's now living and he sent the spirit of god inside of us so our faith is highly experiential but here's the key we don't base our beliefs our doctrines our teachings things we practice on the experience we don't we don't interpret the scriptures through my experience. In fact, we interpret our experiences through the scriptures. You say, well, Brother Matt, speaking of this deliverance stuff, I was delivered. A demon came out of me and I was a Christian or I threw up in a bag or I was given this or I coughed twice and something came out of me. I know it happened. I experienced it. My my advice to you would be to not interpret the scriptures through that experience, but to take the word of God as the lens and hold it up and examine your experience in the light of the text. Paul in Galatians said, if an angel were to come, an angel were to come and speak to you a different gospel, they he is to be accursed, that angel is to be accursed. Now, I want you to imagine for a minute, you're sitting in your room and an angel comes and you levitate off the ground and you have this mighty experience, this being of light you see, wow, what an experience that you would not be able to be talked out of that, right? You would think it had to happen, Matt. It's an experience. It happened to me. But that's not the basis of our truth. We don't base our truth and our understanding on experience alone. We have an authority. We have an objective truth. There's two types of truth, subjective Objective. Subjective means it's subject to change based on experience, based on the person, based on when and how and where it happened. But objective truth is a standard that's unchanging through time, no matter the race, no matter the time, the season, no matter what. This objective truth is always true, no matter what. And we have a written revelation of God's word. The epistemology that we use is not rationalism. It's not empiricism it's a revelational epistemology we believe things why because god says god has spoken this is why we believe what we believe now let's go to 2 timothy three sixteen. i probably won't even get into a lot of the deliverance stuff tonight or all the nuances because i don't want to give you a real quick layer of truth and just throw it out there and then say see you next time no i believe this is hurting believers. I believe the fact or the idea that a Christian could be indwelt by, um, a lot of people wouldn't say possessed. They would say demonized, the demonized idea. But in the Bible, every time that word's used for demonized, it means possession. It means ownership. There are no asymptomatic demoniacs in the Bible. There's no one in the Bible that has a demon and doesn't know it. So the reason we're doing this series right now is because I want to touch you that are watching right now that live in fear, that live in paranoia. You're trying to serve God. You love God. You love his presence. You love his word. You love his people. But somewhere a notion has been put in your mind that perhaps because of a trauma, because of a past event, because of a generational bloodline type thing, you may have a demon indwelling you. That's just not the case. um, Christians can be attacked, we can be oppressed, we can be attacked from the outside, we can be influenced, we can have thoughts injected into our minds, we can have um, truths twisted, all these types of things. Tons of attacks for demons to be um, under the attack of demons for Christians. But nowhere in the scriptures, not even one verse, is there even one text that hints at a Christian having a demon in any way Jesus doesn't instruct us in any way of how to deal with a Christian with a demon. Paul gives no instruction on how to deal with a Christian with a demon. Paul gives us, my, um, my audio grows up there for a minute, my video, sorry. Paul gives us instruction on what to do if a believer's sick. He says, call for the elders, have them call for the elders, and we'll lay hands on them. Or how about if they're in sin? If they're caught in sin, restore to them gently. But be careful that you're not overtaken by this same sin, right? All these different instructions for sin sin, and for sickness and all these other things. but No instruction for a Christian to deal with a, another Christian, a brother or sister, that could possibly be demonized. It's just not there. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm sorry. I'm passionate about this because I've seen too many believers that right now are living in fear. They're living in paranoia, Terrence. They're living in distraught and worried. Hey, Matt, do I have a demon? Matt, do you think I have a demon? And it's robbing them of the presence of God. One thing I've learned and I've taught before is that if you want to go into the presence, what did Jesus say? They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And the first thing he said was this, our Father who art in heaven. We have to know that God loves us. He not only loves us, he likes us. And he's our Father. He smiles upon us. Now tell me this, what father, Terrence, your father, What would you want your kids? Would you allow a demon spirit to go into one of your children as a father? Never. Would you allow a demon to infect anyone you know that's your child, that's your child, not somebody else's kid. You might not have control over that, but your kids, you're not going to let a demon spirit come, but I've gotten way ahead of myself. Let's go to 2 Timothy (laughs) 3.
0: I'll
1: read this, Terrence, and I'll let you.
0: While you turn turn to that, I'll just comment and say that. this whole uh this whole thing this this thing with this this obsession with deliverance ministry really isn't anything new it just seems like it's gotten a resurgence um i've known people that have been in those types of churches with the uh with those kind of services this, the same people coming forward every week um saying that they've got a demon of this I, I got a demon of lust i got a demon of uh of being overweight i got a demon of that and and the, and the thing that the thing that uh, the thing that that's really doing is it's taking the accountability and responsibility away from the believer to walk in the, in the in the standards that God has told us to walk in. I mean, if I've got a demon of overeating, then it's not my fault that I'm overweight. I, I, it's it's something driving me to eat. So therefore, I don't have to be disciplined. I just need to come and get prayer. Uh, and so I get prayer and then I leave the service and go to McDonald's again and that demon comes back. So, I mean, it, it, it you know, I'm kind of making light of it uh, in a way, but it's, it's tragic that um, what we're really what we've really gotten away from, Matt, Pastor Matt, is is honest, uh, heartfelt, uh, passionate di- di- discipleship of leaders with their people. Uh, the word of God, as you said, as we started off in this word that you're getting ready to give us in Second Timothy three. Uh, the word of God is sufficient uh, as we renew our minds with it. Uh, the enemy's hold is broken on us when we become Christians. Uh, I don't have a generational curse. Now. I've got a generational be- a blessing and a generational inheritance. No matter what yeah. is going on in my family line up until now. It's broken by the power of Jesus Christ. In other words, I've had a blood transfusion uh, mm. that now I've got the blood of Jesus flowing through me, and whatever happened in my family prior to this, it, it has no how, it has no power or no hold over me. So uh, anyone listening tonight, uh, if you if you're in Jesus, you need to first of all renew your mind and realize that you you belong to Jesus. So whatever's gone on in your life. Uh, prior to it, if you've, if you've got a, if you've got alcoholism in your family, as I have on my father's side, I've never had a problem with alcoholism. So that is a lie from the pit of hell that I've got to fight that demon. Uh, I'm going to have a demon of uh, alcoholism because my father was a drinker. No, I've got a new father as you said our father which art in heaven hallowed be your name so uh let's go and continue i'll let you uh, kick it back to the word of god in second timothy 3 verse 16.
1: amen yeah i can't i can't go right there yet because of stuff you said but well okay, i'll okay. read it first i'll read it first All if you want right. but either way but <laughs> the thing is once you allow a demon the idea that a demon could be in you okay once you give that even a foothold the devil's loving this Because now, if you're free for six months, six years, I don't care how long you think you're free or whatever, eventually if you sin again, which we're going to sin again, right? We're not going to be perfect till we get to heaven. The first thought we're going to have now is what? I need to discipline myself. I need to read the word more. I need to pray more. I need to fast. No, I've got a demon. Oh, no, I've got to go find deliverance. So you'll find that these people go from deliverance to deliverance to deliverance to another deliverance. They don't find freedom because it's not in that they want the wham bam thank you ma'am they want the quick let's get some oil and put it on your head and let's free you they want what pastor terrence and i have paid for to instantaneously deliver them and that can happen but usually the method is renewing the mind being transformed by day in and day out days turn to weeks weeks turn to months months turn to years of grinding out in the word of god meditation overcoming sin resisting temptation fasting prayer these are the things of our faith the enemy wants to make things complex to you in the beginning the devil's not changed any he's the same as he's always been god said one command eat of every tree you want guys but don't touch the one tree But what did the devil do? He brought in complexity. Well, he knows if you're going to eat of that, you're going to be like him and blah, 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 blah. He brought in all these other details. God was very simple. Eat everything you want, but don't touch this one tree. Done. The devil brought in complexities, and you saw what happened, right? We've all been ruined ever since the complexities came in. Paul even said he's worried that the devil, like he beguiled Eve, would come in and and mess and mar the simplicity that's in Christ. Um, Some of the greatest preachers, Billy Graham and others that have lived on their deathbeds, they've been quoted saying, if they could say one thing to everybody, what would it be? Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Keep it simple, saints. Read your Bible. Obey the Word. Pray. Fast. Love the Lord. Love others. That's it. There's no complexities. You don't have to go down the ger- generational um, dot com. What is it? All this stuff. You got to pay it. Yeah, Ancestry.com and trace down your bloodlines. I'll tell you what this is, disguise. It's work salvation. It's performancism, a word I made up, performancism. It's a works-based salvation that God has saved us. His blood is sufficient. My Bible says that Jesus became a curse, for curses. is everyone that hangs on a tree. And he became a curse for us. He has removed the curse of the law, the curse of my ancestors. And he's placed upon us the blessings of Abraham. All those that are part of the faith of Abraham have now partaken of the blessings of Abraham. You're not cursed. You can't curse what God's blessed. You're blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the field, blessed in the store. All the stuff we're used to hear of, but it's all true. You're blessed. Amen. Don't let the devil Amen. lie to you. We want you to believe If if you believe you can have a demon in you in any way, he's already got you because we empower what we believe, what you give attention to, what you focus on, you empower, you cause to grow in your life. So if you give attention every day, instead of thinking about Jesus, 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 and the word, the word, the word, you think about the devil, the devil, the devil all along you're empowering the enemy. You're giving, you're building up the enemy to make him bigger than he is. My Bible says, I've been given authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. How much power, Terrence? Some of it, a little bit. What about my granddad? What about that Ouija board I used when I was little? Oh no, I've been saved, but, but all power. I've been given all authority to trample on all the authority and all the power of the enemy of serpents and scorpions i can't i can't deal with this and I, i'm trying to get to my text but i have passion i don't speak out of anger neither one of us do we speak out of love we speak the love and truth if you've been bought into this lie that was that's not new there's nothing new under the sun they were passing out walmart bags back in the 80s and passing out bags for people to throw up in and all that and counsel out and all this stuff and try to throw up out and all these things of demons uh, last time I checked a demon doesn't live in your digestive system. And, and let me just say, just for, to get ahead of myself, for the next shows a demon only inhabits bodies. They're not looking for souls. They're not looking for hearts or minds or wills or emotions. They can influence those things. But we're talking about an entity coming in and dwelling someone. They don't want nothing. They don't want your spirit because God's there. They can't have your soul because they don't want souls. They want bodies. Like you read in Matthew 12, they're looking through waterless places, seeking rest. Why do you think they beg Jesus to send them into the pigs? Because the pigs have such a soul? The pigs have such a mind that they can possess? No, the pigs have bodies. What demons need is bodies. That's what they want to inhabit. All right. Let me mm-hmm. try to calm down. Second Timothy 3.16. And I'm passionate about this because of the people. All right. All scripture. How much, Terrence? All scripture no. is breathed oh. out by God, even under inspiration. That word is theanustas. It means God breathed. It means every word of God is breathed out of God. That's amazing and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be partial. Is that what it says? Do I have a trick Bible? That the man of God may be partial, sort of, kind of. No, it says complete, teleos, I believe is that word, perfected, complete, equipped for every good work. That means you've got the equipment. In the Word of God, you've been given a tool belt, and nothing's missing. You've got all the tools. You've got all the tools. You've been given the word. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been given the presence of God. You've been given the gifts of the Spirit. You've been given all these things. You have all the equipment to be totally, completely equipped. And to say that we need to add on, but you forgot to renounce that stuff from your ancestors, is a false gospel. I'm just sorry. I'm just going to say what it is. I have brothers and sisters I know and love and care about. That are believing this this workspace system um, i just plead with you come repent leave run if you're in a group that you're afraid to cough because everybody looks at you like you have a demon run get out of that group if you're being told or being looked at like you may have a demon if you're living your life under paranoia and the demons are tormenting your mind because you've allowed the thought that perhaps they're inside of you. You will not have peace. You will not be to enter the presence of God and, and experience God's joy because you've let a lie in, my friends. You've let a lie in. What do you think, Terrence? I said in John 8, I said that Jesus said, you know the truth and the truth will make you free. And I made a yes. poster that the truth, if the truth of God's word makes me free, then what's a lie do? It binds me. It makes me a prisoner. It imprisons me. So it's 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 a, it's a lie is only a lie until you believe it. Once you believe it, it becomes deception. Once you believe a lie, you empower the lie. So yes, a Christian cannot have a demon. It cannot be demonized, cannot be possessed spirit, soul, or body, mind, will, emotions. I want to cover all the bases. A Christian cannot be demonized from within in any way. But if you believe that lie, you will live your Christian life as if, it's true i mean it it almost might as well be true because you're going to live defeated you're going to live with paranoia you're going to live with fear you're going to live in bondage you're not going to break free because you think it's going to be that next deliverance class that next conference maybe if he lays hands on me maybe if i can get to her and she can lay hands on me maybe if i can use that kind of oil or maybe i can get the right kind of bag to get the demon out or hold the demon it's ridiculous it's nonsense it's nowhere found in the scriptures over the next two or three even maybe shows we're going to expose um the well-known texts that people use to say a christian could perhaps have a demon um all kinds of texts that not very many actually three or four texts in the new testament that hint of perhaps a Christian, although they're not Christian. Judas is not a Christian. Ananias and Sapphira wasn't filled with a demon. Um, there's other, other, other topics. Peter did not have a demon. He was an apostle. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. He didn't have a demon, right? I mean, we know these things. But we'll go through that the next few shows and systematically, through the text, break down exactly what the Bible says. The Bible speaks to you as one who has authority. That Christ has been risen, the Bible says, in heavenly places, above all rule, above all authority, above all principalities and powers. But then the next chapter in Ephesians says that you also have been raised with Christ. Raised with Christ. What's that do? It puts you above also principalities and powers and evil. The devil hates this show right now. The devil is mad at us for doing this show and revealing one of his premium lies that worked in the 80s, It worked in the early 90s, and it's working right now in the late 2020s, 23s. It's working for a season in a a fringe movement of the body of Christ where we are exposing his lies. I urge you, saints, go back to the Word of God. Go back to prayer. Go back to fasting. Go back to renewing your mind. Meditate in the Word of God. Linger there open up the bible and feed upon the bible jesus used this to defeat satan in the wilderness he said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god that word therefore, word is rhema it's not logos that's a proceeding a a current living voice the living voice of god which comes out of the written voice the written text as we meditate as we pray like i said before in the presence of god the scriptures breathe they come alive go back to the scriptures keep it simple cut off unsubscribe to the teachers on youtube that are teaching this garbage you know a teacher by their fruit look at the fruit in your life are you increasing in love and joy and peace and your prayer life and focusing on jesus and seeking first the kingdom and reading your bible Or are you focusing on fear and paranoia and demons and studying about demonology and trying to figure out all this stuff about the spirits and demons and ancestors and all these things and and blood and all these things? No, saints. Come back to simplicity. I urge you. I call you to repent, to turn from those teachings and to come back to the simple gospel that he lived the life you couldn't live. He died the death you should have died. He gives the gift you cannot earn. Salvation is a free gift given to the undeserving, to the ungodly, he justifies the ungodly. And right now Terence and I are seen as righteous and holy and spotless. Therefore, no matter what door I say I may open, in God's eyes, he sees me through the blood He sees me one with the Spirit. For those that have been made one with the Spirit are now one. We're one Spirit with the Holy Spirit. And no devil, when God, when the devil comes to your life, Terrence, or mine, or any believers, God has put a no trespassing sign on the outside of our lives saying, no, no entry. Just like the devil wanted to get Job. He said, you can touch his family. You can touch all the stuff on his outside of his life, but you can't kill him. You can't touch his life. You can't bother him, himself. You can do everything else, but not the man. You can't affect the man. We are God's people. I'm getting fired up, Terrence. What do you think?
0: I I, I see that. Um, uh, a scripture that comes to my mind uh, in the Old Testament it says that my people are just my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Uh, yeah. That's what that's what we see happening. Uh, what we see are people who have become heavily dependent upon. Whoever's on the platform, whoever has the mic, whoever is the one teaching, they don't see themselves properly. Uh, That's a whole identity discussion that we could have on a couple of other shows. It it all feeds into the same thing. It's all one theme. Uh, uh, It says in Ephesians 4 that um, that he's he's made some apostles, some prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Uh, So... The, the, the reason why we look to these leaders should be for equipping uh, not for them to uh, continue to uh, for us to continue to look to them and and seek them out for every ailment that we have. We're supposed to be coming into a position of strength ourselves as we renew our minds ourselves in the word of God. Uh, yes, we are to honor people who are leaders. I'm not saying we dishonor people who are leaders. but the fact of the matter is, We're called to progress talks about in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews six, I think it is where it talks about the fact that uh, by now we should be teachers. But yet we're still going over the basic, uh, the basic meaty, uh, milky elements of the word of God. It's really incumbent upon us, Pastor Matt, that we progress in the scriptures ourselves. We don't continue to be paupers uh, every week going to the word of going to the going to the church every Sunday like a beggar saying, give me some bread, uh, you know, you, you've got your own bread, uh, several of them on the shelf with you uh, at home, uh, gathering dust, you know, blow the dust off of those Bibles and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and help you as you break down the word of God, because you are called to grow. We're not called to just sit under a leader. That paradigm, that Old Testament paradigm of a high priest going to God for me, has been completely destroyed by Jesus. We are now, all of us now, are ministers of the Most High God, and 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 so really we we've got to we've got to get that into the minds of people that to quit looking to a man of God or a woman of God of for something that you can go to God with yourself. You have the same Holy Spirit. They have the same matter of fact, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in every saved person's mortal body. So we need to recognize, first of all, uh, Romans chapter eight and the very beginning it says, there is now for therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So guess what? If you commit a sin, you don't have to fear that, well, I'm going to open the door for a demon to come in and then I'm going to be, No, you can you can confess that sin. You can repent and you'll be washed. You'll be washed. just as before Uh, we don't need to walk in fear. Uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Uh, So let's just break the power of fear uh, that comes through a lot of this teaching that has people really. uh, Let's just be honest, lining the pockets of these people. Uh, Who are teaching these things because the crowds come because what what's going on is that they're not accountable and they're not responsible for their own lives. They just believe they have a demon of this or a demon of that or a demon of whatever, rather than the fact that they've got flesh that is not under control. And that's what's that's what's manifesting. There's no demon manifesting. There's flesh manifesting. There's no demon of lust, but I can walk in lust. There's no demon of adultery, but I can commit adultery. There's no demon of fornication, but I can commit fornication. There's no demon of overeating, but I can overeat. I mean, let's just let's just dispel all these notions. We still have a flesh to deal with until Jesus Christ comes. We're going to deal with the flesh. Let's not call the flesh our own... Um, things that need to be sanctified and put under, let's not call those things demons because that's not what they are. There's just the fleshly part of man that must be, you know, Jesus said, uh, uh, whoever comes to me must deny himself, pick up his cross. What is that cross for? That cross is for the crucifixion of your flesh on a daily basis and follow him. So we're on a we're on a sanctify. We're on a we're on a track of sanctification, which is basically progressive deliverance. As we see things in our lives, weaknesses in our lives, old habits that try to hang on. So uh, they get delivered, they're brought into the light, they're brought under the blood and they're dealt with. But we don't have demons that we're dealing with. We're dealing with our flesh and people, people, people need to understand that you're going to have flesh until until you're translated and become like him. You're going to deal with flesh and that's going to always be our fight, not demons.
1: Yeah. um, Wonderful. Everything you said, I'm shouting over here. Um, yeah, I can go on a 100-mile run. At the end of the run, guess what? I'm still with me. My biggest enemy is me, Matt Calvin. That's my biggest enemy. That your biggest enemy is you. It's the biggest enemy. Um, years ago, I had embraced a, a, a bit of this teaching. Just I had got the ear. YouTube got a hold of me, and I listened to some stuff. And basically, if you have any trauma in your life, you could have a demon or any ancestry dysfunction. Well, my Lord, who, who doesn't have trauma? Or some dysfunction so i started looking and for those two weeks that i believed that and i tried to get in the presence of god i had fear i had accusation i empowered the enemy i saw the fruit it was not good fruit it was accusation in my mind it was condemnation it was fear-based there wasn't no fruit god says if he says come to me all you that labor are heavy laden i'll give you rest this teaching is actually putting on burdens on god's people it's putting stuff on their backs once again to bear um i have a scripture i want to say and if it's okay with you before we end i'd like to pray for people that are been caught up in this teaching that want to find true freedom which is found by the holy spirit um we we do believe in deliverance let's not get it twisted but what we don't believe for a christian is exorcism two different things christians could have need deliverance but not exorcism exorcism is reserved for the unbeliever but anyway 1 John 5.18. This is a pivotal verse. I want to give it out so that people can meditate on this until we're on again. This is a big one. I'm reading out of the ESV. 1 um, John excuse me, 5.18. It says, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. Not just one time sinning. Does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of god protects him now that's talking specifically you can look it up in the commentary or read or study the greek but it's jesus he who was born of god protects him that's jesus himself is protecting us here's the last phrase and the evil one does not touch him now that's back to us again if some people have a version that has the um the the names of god you know uppercase capitalized you notice that he who was born of god there is capital h protects him. That's lowercase. And the evil one does not touch him, lowercase. It's talking about us. Just think about that phrase, Terrence. The evil one does not touch him. For all you listening tonight and have listened to this conversation, I have so much more to unpack with you over the next few weeks. But that last phrase right there to meditate on this verse, he whoever is born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God, Jesus Christ, protects him. And the evil one Does not touch him. Does not touch him. What do you think of that, Terrence? The evil one does not touch him. I would say that rules out possession, right? Can't even touch you. There's people, there's something called night terror. People are saying they're getting choked at night by demons. I I venture to say these are hallucinations, these are deceptions. These are false spirits that are making you think that they're actually touching you and choking you they're not. A believer cannot be touched by a demon spirit. Um, In one of these sessions, Terrence, we'll go into Ephesians 6, where Paul gives us an armor, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth. But we have something important in there, a shield of faith, that we can protect ourselves from the fiery darts or arrows of the wicked one. Now, let me ask you something. If the devil can be in us, Why do we need a shield to protect from darts? So Paul's analogy of the enemy attacking us with arrows or flaming darts gives us a perspective of where the enemy's fighting from. He's from a distance, so much so that he has to shoot darts at us, arrows at us. He can't come into us, so he has to shoot darts at us. And that's why we have the armor on. Now, yes, uh, demons can attack the mind. They can influence your thoughts, your actions, your deeds. If you get especially deep into habitual sin, unrepentant sin, we're talking about. We're not talking about a one-time thing, but unrepentant, habitual sin—lust um, or pornography or, or you name it. A lot of things. Yes, the demon has access now, in some ways, to influence your family, your life. What you watch affects this, all these types of things, your emotions and influence you, but never possession, never indwelling, never demonized in that sense, never in need of to a demons. I hear these, I see these videos, demons are talking out of people's mouths and making people move. That's possession. That's not influence. That is ownership. That is possession. And I'll swing back around yeah. to where we started at Matthew 12 to 12. It said that the demon said, I'll go back to my house my house. If you are Mm -hmm. a Christian, there is no way in this earth that you could say, I am the devil's house. In fact, the scriptures renounce this thought entirely when it says in corinthians your body is the temple of god you are god's house god's dwelling the bible says in fact it says you're living stones being built into a house a dwelling yes. place for god you are not the devil's mm-hmm. house you are not your you're not your lust's house you are not your addiction's house you are not your problem of sin's house you are god's house so put on the full armor of god Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying. Pray in the spirit at all times and put on this armor. Stay in the word. Stay in the presence of God. Um, He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of of the almighty psalms 91 talks about this very thing that if we are protected by the very presence the very canopy the manifest presence of god no darkness no sickness no demons no torments can come against us we are protected by the blood by the presence of the spirit of god in our lives
0: amen you know amen uh, I Tell you. I, 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 it's again, you know, the, the word of God, Lori, Lori said it best. Lori said we must filter everything that's preached, everything that's presented uh, through the word of God. Uh, there should not be a believer sitting in any meeting, church or otherwise, that doesn't have their Bible open themselves, not just not just depending on what uh, what's coming from the pulpit, no matter who your pastor is. You should you should be following and, and you, you should actually be prepared uh, by being in the word of God all week long so that you're you're really you're really tracking with what's being said. And, you know, yeah. we ought to be what the Bible called talked about the Bereans that Paul uh, yeah. they, they 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 checked everything Paul presented to them uh, because they knew the scriptures. Uh, we must become a, we must be a people. That know the Scriptures once again, and that is the great problem that we have right now in the body of Christ. When you talk about biblical illiteracy, when you talk about a a a four percent biblical worldview uh, for for the the I think it was Gen Gen X, no, not Gen X, but the next one after us would be uh, Gen Z. Uh, it's, it's getting worse with every generation that proceeds that we're getting further and further away. So teachings like this, uh, will be pretty appealing to people because again, there is an entertainment, uh, there is an entertainment, uh, nature to it. Uh, you go to church and you see these things going on. Obviously you're watching, you're spectating what's going on. And it looks like, you know, I mean, it looks like, uh, it looks like something, again, it's entertaining. Uh, so we've we've got to, again, uh, like Lori said, we've got to filter everything through the Word of God, which means the onus is on us to know the Word of God. We don't wait for uh, the Word of God to come from our pastor. We get in the Word of God because, as you said, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of God. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We've been given everything we need for life and godliness, the Bible says. So we have no excuse other than our own laziness uh, to not break open the word of God and know it for ourselves. That way we can never be deceived because believe it or not, there are, there are wolves out there uh, in sheep's clothing that are, that are proclaiming things that are not of God. And the only way we can know those things and discern those things is if we know the standard of God's word for ourselves. So, uh Again, you know, if this, you know, if this sounds like a rebuke, then let it be so. Uh, man, uh, man of God, woman of God, don't just sit in your pew every week. Don't just sit in your your, your sanctuary every week and depend on uh, a word of God coming from a man of God. Uh, you may have a good pastor. You may not. I don't know where you go. But the, the point of the matter is you you have the mind of Christ. You have the ability Uh, to to learn the scriptures for yourself. You have the ability and you matter of fact, you have the it's it's incumbent upon you to 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 grow in the scriptures. And it's not your pastor's job. It's not anyone's job to grow, to make you grow. It is your job to open up the scriptures and pray for revelation, pray for God to give you greater understanding. And he'll do that. He's gonna he's gonna give you the understanding. I'm living proof of it. Pastor Matt is living proof of it. Any one of us who proclaimed the scriptures was once not a pastor. We weren't born pastors. We actually became that through studying the word of God, just like you can do. So, you know, you only limit your own self if you don't open the word of God and you continue to look to men. And and the reason why they're they're false teachers is because they're people with itching ears. It's the people with itching ears that want to hear those type of things. So, again, devote yourself to Scripture. You won't be deceived. You'll have understanding and you'll grow immensely. And who knows what God will do with you. But that's just my advice to you uh, to do that as well. You want to pray for some people, Matt? Yeah, uh, let me say one
1: thing and then we'll pray. Is that cool? Um, Yes. The the pool, the, the real pool of this is freedom. People want freedom. And there's big money in freedom. There's big money in these in these deliverance ministries these deliverance these churches that didn't have anybody in their churches they had 40 50 people that barely hung by since deliverance came in they're now mega churches they have thousands of people which means tons of money all that stuff just to get freedom because people want freedom and rightly so but Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free for he who the sun yes. sets free is free indeed. If you want to go to the scriptures with with a presupposition, um, you can make the scriptures see anything. I could find health and wealth in the Bible. I could twist the Bible to teach health and wealth. Name it, claim it. I could teach anything almost from the Bible if I go in it with my lens, my predetermined grid, and go to try to read the Bible. So I urge you people before we pray to go to the text daily in the in the presence of God take time before you go in the scriptures pray and ask God to open your eyes that you may behold wondrous things in his law ask him to remove predispositions and presuppositions and to allow you to humble yourself under the word instead of you reading the word let the word read you let it be like a mirror that you look into and you see what you are not only what you do wrong, but what you're supposed to look like, and then allow the Spirit of God to change you into His image. Don't try to be the man on the pulpit, don't try to be the YouTube guy, don't believe what you hear. Everything that glitters is not gold. Believe the Word of God. Take what me and Terrence have said tonight, take everything we say the next few weeks, go back to the Bible, open up the Scriptures, read them for yourselves. I, I urge you to flee from this teaching it brings destruction it brings fear it brings paranoia it hurts my heart i have a passion for this because i've seen people hurt by this it's it's deadly it's 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 harmful it will give the devil a foothold in your life and will allow him to have that foothold for a long time for years perhaps for long forever until you release this idea and this notion and then you begin to find true freedom and victory in the gospel the word of god is sufficient so let's pray father god Mm -hmm. we love you i pray for all those tonight that have watched and all those that will watch i pray holy spirit of god release now release freedom release freedom undo the The bondages, the ties that have happened through these deceptions. Undo all this ungodly teachings and and twisting of scripture, God. Just undo it, God. Allow the minds of the people that hear and that will hear to be free. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we love you. Bring freedom to the people, Lord. Bring us back to simplicity. Bring us back to your gospel, to your word, Lord. We come Mm -hmm. to you. We come with all of our burdens, any heavy yokes, any burdens, anything like that, God. We don't need to do some mantra. You are powerful. You are sufficient to break bonds. You are the strong man in our lives now. And no spirit can bind you. No spirit can bind you. You are omnipotent, omniscient. You are holy, holy, holy. We love you, Lord. So Spirit of God, even now, as I feel your presence right now, touch everyone watching, everyone that will watch. And bring freedom to them in Jesus' name. Not freedom yes. through an exorcism. Not freedom like that, God. But freedom. Give them a hunger for the word. Give them Open their eyes to the fact that they need to get in the word more. They may need to fast. Pray more. Get in your presence more, God. Maybe cut off YouTube for a couple weeks, a couple months, or forever. Cut it off. Get it out of your life and only absorb scripture. God, give it's them the will to do this. Be with them, Lord. We love you. We honor you. I thank you for the opportunity to be on the show tonight with Terrence, God. Honor him, God. Bless him. Bless his family. Bless Sam. Bless everyone involved with putting this show on. May you continue to multiply the audience and bless him in a mighty way. We thank Thank you for your presence. Even now, God, we love you. This is where your freedom is found in your presence, Lord. We honor you,
0: Lord. Amen. 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 well, this has been powerful tonight. Um, normally, we'll be on in two weeks. Uh, we may have to alter that, and maybe even maybe even do it again next Wednesday night, since we've got a couple of these to, to, to do as far as deliverance is concerned. But uh, again, we've had a great uh, a great viewership tonight. Um, I believe it's a subject that uh, many people are are uh, questioning. Many people are into. Uh, I'm sure there's some that would even be critical of it. That uh, Follow some of the ministers that we named, uh, but the but the, the truth of the matter is is that the word of God is sufficient. The word of God uh, tells us everything we need to know, and what we've received in the new birth uh, should should be encouraging enough for us to know that we've we've got everything we need. Uh, we've got the power, the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead, uh, dwells in me, uh, and 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 quickens my mortal body. Um, so. Again, we don't have any reason to fear, and, and we don't have to feed, fear a defeated foe, <laughs> someone who's under our feet, the Bible says. And if we're yeah. seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, then we're above the realm of the, the, realm of the demonic. We're seated with Christ. So again, yeah. uh, we have our flesh to deal with. We don't have demons to deal with. They're defeated. Yes, they may yeah. try to torment us. Yes, they may try to speak lies to us but they're under our feet they're defeated and we have to we have to we have to uh, approach it that way and believe it that way and the only way for you to dispel these notions is to go to the word of god for yourself pray and ask for understanding and god will renew your mind and you will be uh something that hell won't want to mess with but uh, okay. again, this has been past uh, my my guest, been Pastor Matt, going to be my guest for a couple of weeks as we talk about deliverance, as we talk about some of these things, dispel some of these notions. But again, thank you guys for uh, being with us tonight. Please share this if you haven't liked and shared it. Uh, but we please we invite you to to continue uh, uh, being with us as we uh, break down the scriptures in these areas over the next uh, several weeks. Uh, but as for tonight. Uh, We we have to close. We could talk longer, but it's a great, it's been a great, great hour. And we will see you again next time on The Cutting Edge. Uh